Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. We are back on the Oz Network for 24, season 4, episode 17, 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Uh, day 4, which technically would this be day 7 now because we've crossed from one day to the next each season. I don't know. Uh, but uh, this is the famous April 11th episode, 2005. Directed by John Cassar and written by Duppy Dimitrios. Yay. Yay! Where's the round of applause, Ben? Oh, that's a shape. Let's try it again. <laughs> Duppy Dimitrios. Uh, he gets a shape. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's all I can find uh, right now. <laughs> that's all he deserves. Good old Duppy. Uh, first of two episodes he's going to write this season. And uh, first time, well, I guess we've seen him since uh, the video game. No, no, Yeah, the video game, I guess, would have been the last thing. Uh, and wow, is this a good one. This was an episode, as we talked about it last week, that uh, I forgot had existed until Ben mentioned the campers. I'm like, oh, that's right. That was a thing. Uh, but we're finally getting into, I guess, the, the final attack or the final... Uh, MacGuffin that uh, Marwan is after. This is the football and the introduction, all of that. And uh, this is a really fun episode. Um, don't necessarily know if it makes a lot of sense, but it is a really fun episode. And I'm very excited to talk about it. My name is Colin, and you can call me at 310-597-3781. And this is Ben Waterworth, password FHRalphie4. And hey, Hey, <laughs> you know what? That was, I'm like, that was my backup quote. That was 100% my backup quote there. Hey, and I'm like, I bet you Ben won't even get this one. <laughs> yes. Hey. I just, like, is that one of Jack Bauer's best ever kills? He turns into the yes. guy, man, hey. and then just goes, hey. Hey. <laughs> I love that so much. Um. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey. So, so everybody, hey, uh, listen to us. Um, yeah, this episode is such a blast. Uh, and it's kind of, it's weird. We're getting, Duppy Demetrius has written episodes of the show before, but I, I guess we talked about a lot in the video game. And maybe him having just recently done the video game, I mean, to me, this feels like you're watching a video game. It is all action. It is all excitement. It is full of, I wouldn't call them plot holes, but very questionable things in this episode. But uh, this is like an action movie. And uh, it, it's it's kind of nice because I think the action's been very sparing in this season compared to, I, I'd say, all three of the previous seasons. Season one, they, they definitely had a lot more action than this. Season two, nothing but action. And season three, you know, kind of used their action almost at like uh, mathematically designed intervals. And this is like exactly what you want right after you don't have like the calm episode 
after having something massive like Air Force One blowing up, I mean, that's when you get like really action back. We had that similar with uh, you know, the you the, the the EMP, and then we went immediately into the the stuck in the store um, with Paul getting shot and everything. So, I mean, this is now, I guess, the 24 formula, but uh, love this episode. And I, I didn't, I remembered this when it came up, but it's not like something that immediately sticks in your head. Like this is one of the all-time best episodes, but I'm going to say right now, this is right up there for me in the season. This might be the closest 24 ever gets to a bottle episode. Like it just, it feels so out of place and so random and just like, it's just one of those episodes where it's just like, Hey, we're going to do something different. And it's like, 24 can't really do that because it's yeah. so connected and, I mean, at least they try to be. Like, they've always got to move the plot forward. And at the end of the day, all this episode sets out to achieve is Marwan's got a piece of paper that can set off a bomb. That's basically all it is. But this whole episode is on John and Sandra camping out in the desert. Um, trying to make a baby. <laughs> trying to make a baby. Logan doubting about being a president. I just want to say this right now. This episode, and this isn't even the one that's next week that I think is maybe one of the worst dialogue-filled episodes of 24 that we will get until this point. This episode has some terrible dialogue. Sorry, Duffy, but it really does. It has... You talk about plot holes. Holy fuck. I said to you off air, the first, like, three quarters of my page are notes from the first 10 minutes of this episode, which it's just plot hole, plot hole, plot hole... And, oh, let's move the plot forward pretty quickly because we're going to get to John and Sandra fucking in the desert. <laughs> um, like, this is an episode which I feel on paper, like, we should be hating and ripping into because, like, there's just should be so much wrong with this. But it's just, it's fun. It's weird. I yeah. like these two people that you just will never hear from again. And it's just, it's it's so random, but shouldn't work, but it does. And it's also really important, this episode, because... Mm-hmm. It is the first episode where Logan becomes president. Like it's, it's it's an episode I don't think you realize how important it is. Like we talked about last week with that like what two second scene of Logan. I mean, this is the first one really where you get like him doubting himself and just kind of this Logan that we get in there. We get um I can't remember the guy's name, the assistant, like who becomes evil Walt. next season. Walt, thank you. Walt, Walt. <laughs> uh, Mike's back for the first time in a couple of seasons. Like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in this episode that also just kind of sits with this fun camping storyline. Um, it's it's a blast. It really is. And, yeah, it will be reflected in my rankings at the end of this too. Um, I'm actually very excited. We will soon be covering on another podcast, uh, the, Mrs. Jason here. What's her name in this episode? Mary. Um, let's call her Mary. Uh, she's in the Pierce Brosnan movie that we're going to be oh. covering, Shattered slash Butterfly on a Wheel. Cool. Uh, so we'll be talking about her. Very she soon. also trying like to have a baby. Uh, <laughs> with Pierce. I mean, I know I would. It's funny. Um, but Pierce just gets Jamie, you pregnant. You walk in the room. <laughs> oh, pregnant. <laughs> J- Jamie uh, found it like a thrift store, Remington Steel season one. So we were watching that uh, last night before bed, and Jamie's like, now, Colin, don't get too excited. I know how you feel about Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> like, don't worry. I'll so keep Colin myself together. Colin would like together. to announce that they're having a fourth <laughs> child in nine months. Congratulations, Colin. I'm very happy. And this for one's you. definitely being named Pierce. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of sex, props to Brendan Fraser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a man! <laughs> you, you get turned on. You think of Brendan Fraser. Let's be honest. Oh, who, we, we, at the time of recording this, what are we like? Two weeks away, three weeks away from Academy <laughs> Award winner Brendan Fraser. Does that bring this? <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, Sorry, I mean, Duffy. You're right. There's there's some really questionable stuff in this episode, but 
we get those setups. I mean, Logan, I think what's most interesting about this episode, we're, we'll, I, we'll probably just talk about the Logan stuff first here. Uh, let me just jump into it here. Segway, jump into it here. Um, Logan is, this is the best Logan we get. You and I kind of agreed on that. And I I don't think that I remembered it being as subtle as it is in this episode, but it's subtle, but you know exactly where they're going with it. Yeah. Um, basically, we start out with uh, Mike and Logan. I mean, we've had no indication that Mike is even going to be part of this anymore. And uh, it, it, you do have to wonder, it's like, okay, so he's what, the chief of staff for the, the vice president or whatever? I don't know if he's supposed to be for Keeler and just by proxy he's now for... I, no, I'm assuming uh, he's for, for Logan because that wouldn't make sense if he's president Keeler because he's he's here and he's like helping him out and he's basically just like, um, oh, I've known you for 15 years. Which, can I just say, just jump in before I forget, he's switched sides, Mike. So he used to be a Democrat. Yeah. Now he's a Republican. You bastard, Mike. <laughs> I mean, there there are people who will do that. It's yeah. it's not quite common, but I think it was important because even now I'm like, did they ever explain why he's all of a sudden working? The the very person that he was trying to help get elect last time, his competition, the guy who who essentially killed his guy Palmer's chances, he's now working well, for. It makes but, sense. So uh, like, I mean, you know, like Palmer got rid of him. He kind of fucked up a yeah. little and why wouldn't he exactly and, and i think that they throw in the line saying we've known each other for 15 years that's really important here um he's basically saying listen the president is alive but oh and he's like oh thank god and that's one of those subtle moments i was because you probably watched this the first time and you're like oh thank god he's okay and you're thinking oh his good friend keeler and me was like, oh i don't have to be present <laughs> and i think we should provide live coverage Really think that's a good idea? <laughs> uh, which I also find it funny that like this is something that he's definitely taken for Palmer. Okay, we're going to swear you in and we're going to give a live press conference. Everybody come in. This is a Palmer press conference but here. Why? Uh, <laughs> uh, Put on the I tube. Keith is watching him on the tube. That's why. Exactly. <laughs> but people are, people are going to be asleep right now. Oh, I know somebody is watching the tube. It's midnight. <laughs> he's definitely watching right now. Uh, we do get a quick uh, phone call from Bill just to Logan, the new president, uh, where he's uh, filling in on the whole situation. Uh, they they invoke the 25th Amendment here. They're uh, getting the cabinet contacted. I love, Logan's doubting. It's like, do you think we have the votes on our side? And he's like, yes, we don't really have another choice. I want the boardroom. <laughs> I want Alan Dale. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this, let me think. <laughs> Logan, after all. I mean, this is a, it's funny because I think anybody in the audience is watching this thinking, even if you're not, we're not American and we're like, yeah, there's no way it's not going to pass. You need a president. <laughs> but like, this is where, and again, I, I feel this is something that they just jump to incredibly quickly because if I'm not mistaken, and please, American presidential buffs, correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, I'm pretty sure that Johnson didn't get sworn in until Kennedy was pronounced dead. Like, I know it's about, like, if you are incapacitated mm. or, like, removed from office. But, like, the fact that they say, like, he's critical. And I get it. They've got to have somebody, like, you know, to call the shots. But, like, what we do in Australia is, like, if, if our prime minister goes off to Canada to hang out with Trudeau, our deputy prime minister is basically acting prime minister while mm -hmm. he's out of the country. So and I think they do that in the US. Like I think when Biden's buggered off, they've said like, well, Kamala Harris is the first sort of, you know, acting female president. So like I would assume, and I get it's TV, it's dramatic 10. I get why yeah. they're doing it. But like I'm being that guy because I'm going to do a lot in this episode <laughs> of the technicalities is that because he's like in critical condition, which again, medical staff in 24 can diagnose the shit out of people in three seconds. But <laughs> get them on Grey's Anatomy right now. Fucking hell. But like, like, 
surely he'd be acting president and because the 25th amendment like invokes like you are the full president if you know what i mean yeah so anyway slight technicality well yeah i i mean that's a solid point too because he would have just been said okay you're given temporary powers as president you're not going to invoke the 25th amendment because he could very well be out of surgery in an hour. And it's remember like, oh, he's this all in okay. the sixth season with Wayne Palmer. Just remember this in the sixth <laughs> season. All right, remember it. But I mean, it's it's here to give us that introduction to Logan's doubt for himself. Because just saying, Logan, you're the acting president. That's something that he's done every time. Like you said, the Keeler's been overseas or whatever. Um, and I I love the little things they throw in here where you could be viewing it one way or the other. Like the whole, oh, thank God he's okay. You're viewing it well. Now, when you're looking back, you realize, oh, it's actually more about his doubt for himself. Like when he's saying, well, I've already contacted the cabinet ministers. No, where's the situation? It's like, you did that without my permission? And he goes, well, I kind of had to. <laughs> the president is incapacitated. And he's like, quite right, Mike. Right. <laughs> That's why he's so um, good. Because he's just, he's yeah. Just, it, he just, he's like an everyman who, like, you you have this image of a, of a, prime minister a president and they're they're sure of themselves and this sort of stuff you never imagine they're like this and this is why Mm -hmm. like and this is why season four logan is so good because you get it next season don't get me wrong but it gets overshadowed by a certain plot line so like this is where like this logan to me is so much better yeah and and this is all gregory itson because oh hell yeah when you're we're talking about the script and this is no knocking duffy demetrius i mean he knows how to write entertainment maybe not necessarily dialogue being his best thing these lines, I'm imagining any other actor that they cast reading these lines, and it is so obvious what they're going for, but it's not obvious with him. And uh, I've, I've mentioned before, you know, Covert Affairs, uh, Gregory Itzen, he really started out where I guess the first three seasons, he was sort of a background player that was obviously very powerful, but he'd be talked about more than he would be shown. And there was this slow build. And by the time you get to season four, you have no idea how important his character is supposed to be. And even throughout season four, you're still doubting it. I mean, he is he's just the master at surprising the audience with things that anybody else would make too obvious. He's got this facial acting ability that just like the way he kind of squints his eyes and just like kind of just yeah. has it. You can read his face and he's just... He's like, Head oh, movements. Oh, he's so good. And like even through the stuff next season, which again, you, you know, it's different on a second watch, but like it's just, he just does a thing about it. And in the really bad, like over the top stuff we get in season eight with him, it's still like, it's amazing. It's Jack Bauer. Like, oh, my God, one of the worst lines ever in 24. But, like, he just does a thing. Like, I think I might have only known him from Friends uh, where he played Paul Rudd's character's dad. Uh, I think he was only in it for, like, three episodes. But, I mean, God, like, it's... it's We obviously talked a little bit about it recently um, with Annie Hershing, of course, you know, dying. And, I, I, again, as I said, we said that last week. Like, I, I really... Hershing, sorry, not Hershing. I really wish yeah. we had done that with Gregory Itzen because it is sad that he, you know, no longer mm-hmm. is with us because... I mean, I would say that people remember him more from 24 than Annie Wershing, sadly. Um, but, I mean, just incredible. Because I think he – did he win an Emmy? I th- I know that um, – uh, I'm looking at him right now. I think Gene Smart did. And I know that um, Alison uh, – Alison, uh, what's her name? Cherry Jones won one. Um, mm. I don't think Gregory did. I don't. I think he got nominated a few times, and I think it was Gene Smart and and Cherry Jones are the only actors who have ever won Emmys in Twenty Four outside of um, Kiefer. But he um, did get an Emmy nomination. Yeah, he, um, he looks, I think did he lose season five? Did he did he lose to um, uh, Terry O'Quinn or he lost? Did he not lose to somebody from Lost or Breaking Bad? I think so. That would have been two thousand six. I'm just trying to look it up here. Uh, yeah, he lost to Alan Alda for the West Wing. Oh, Alan Alda. Oh, well, yeah. okay. 
Jonathan um, Penner deserved to win something, I guess. There's, it was a good decade here, though. I mean, Zelchko Ivanek won for damages oh, two years later. Deserved. Not 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 for 24, but for... When are we else. doing damages? Uh, what a show. A show I've never seen, but I've been dying to see for a long time. Good luck. You know, speaking of damages, we're talking about the whole 25th Amendment. They didn't invoke the 25th Amendment to make Glenn Close the president when uh, Harrison Ford was incognito on Air Force One. But that's it. Because, like, I mean, this is a weird connection, but... Um... Commander-in-Chief, the Gina Davis show, which is actually quite good. Only lasted a season, but it was quite good. Um, from memory, that starts off that the president has like a heart attack or something and they're trying to invoke it and she's all like, no, he might recover. Like, let's see, let's see. So, like, I mean, again, like, look, this is not an episode to point out realism because when we get to some stuff soon, trust me, there are so many issues with how they do this. But, um, yeah, but, like, it's, I think, I don't, know if I ever or anyone imagined that he would go on to be who he would be on this show. And I, I like, yeah. it'd be good to get John Cazar or Howard Gordon on the show to sort of say like, was this the plan or was this kind of just, mm-hmm. he was so well received that this is why you brought him back? Because I mean, you just don't get that. Le- like I, I still argue Cherry Jones, Alison Taylor is up there and as, as weirdly as it sounds, she's kind of a forgotten president, even though she's so good in those last couple of seasons. But I mean, he, uh, who do you choose, Palmer or Logan, as the most memorable president? I mean, they're up there. Yeah, I th- I think Palmer's the one that's most closely associated with the show, just because that's how it started. Oh, but I, but mean, I would Logan argue later on, though, iconic. just because Logan that se- yeah. season five, we'll get to it next season. But like, just the level that took this show to, and that's the award-winning season. You know, it's yeah, and it's no disrespect to Dennis Haysbert and Palmer, and we've kind of pointed a lot of holes in him as a president. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh it's interesting again the the way that Mike's brought into the show because Mike is serving the same role that he served for Palmer but it's just seeing the little differences I think you have to have seen Dennis Haysbert's portrayal to really get why Logan's is different here especially if you don't know American politics as well because when they basically say well the vote oh. well when they say the vote passed and that's American <laughs> politics in a nutshell. <laughs> Uh, uh, when they say the vote passed and everything uh you 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 have mike saying oh he seems unsure of himself so now you're you're saying to the audience what maybe hasn't been so obvious unless you're really watching this guy closely is that he's so unsure of himself uh but then he's saying maybe we shouldn't have the press involved and it's a solid point. It's it actually is a solid point. And Mike's basically uh, saying that okay, well, I think this is very important. They need to know they have a leader because of what just happened. And he goes, well, if you insist. Uh, with Palmer, that's more of a back and forth. And it's the same. Mike's doing nothing differently. The whole point of it, Chief Staff, is basically to present all the options and you know to to be that advisor and everything to to make not just make sure that everything within your section of the government is run but to be that voice of reason and even just present the alternate options. Mike's presenting alternate options. Logan's option might make more sense, you know, yeah. uh, just to say he has now been sworn in, but we don't want to give anything away because he's been terror attacks, but he caves so easily when even in Mike's mind, Mike's probably just saying, Oh, um, I'm presenting the alternate options. Like he went for the alternate option. Um, we get him. It's getting sworn movie. In. Option number <laughs> three. I think you made number two, sir. What did I say? <laughs> but uh, talk about the best timing ever. Uh, we're going to get into the whole reasons why later on. But uh, the football is missing. The football, of course, not being a literal football, but uh, what contains the the nuclear uh, launch codes and everything. 
And right after Logan gets sworn in, uh, sworn in, uh, sworn in, uh, right after he gets sworn in, you have Mike just coming up and whispering in his ear. And you know that they took this from that footage of Bush being told about 9 11, yeah, like yeah. 100%. Uh, the, the whole thing, oh, the, the, the present, the football is missing. And the briefest reaction from Gregory Hitson, like what he could do in a split second to not, not duplicate George W. Bush's look, it's actually the opposite of that. To, to just make this a Logan moment is so perfect. Like the guy is a master at, like you said, the little, the facial expressions he does, the way that he moves his head to communicate how he's, when he's upset about something, he tilts his head back. When he's questioning something, he tilts it to the side. Like he knows in his head every movement this guy's going to make. And that last shot, which is the, 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 the cliffhanger, the, the count clock, the count clock down. The clock count down there. The count. <laughs> the count. One, <laughs> two, three. Twenty-four. Ah, 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 ah. Three <laughs> nuclear footballs. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, but that that tells the whole story of his character because he has so little screen time in this episode. It's amazing. I actually think, just on our topic of debating the presidents of, of 24, he's the most presidential Gregory Itzen. Like, it's no disrespect mm. to Dennis Haysbert, to... D.B. Woodside, to Cherry Jones, to uh, Keeler Guy, to any of the presidents. I, I think it's just he feels presidential. It's it's kind of like, you know, everyone talks about great movie presidents and Harrison Ford and absolutely, like, to me, the best movie president of all time is Bill Pullman. I think Bill Pullman's the most presidential of all the movie presidents. Like, he's so good in Independence Day. He just embodies that presidential nature. And outside of the, you know, like, oh, I'm nervous, I don't know what I'm doing, but... He just seems presidential the way he kind of acts, I think, and that's just what makes him so good. Um, but one thing I wanted to say just before I... <laughs> two things on this. Um, the fact that when Mike... like I also love that Mike getting reintroduced is just so unassuming. It's just you, yeah. you kind of don't realise he's been gone for two seasons. You're like, oh, there's Mike. Yeah. Like, it's it's not like, oh, here comes Michelle and I need help. And, and it's not like in two weeks' time when a certain other ex-president returns, it's like, who's on the phone at the end? Did, did, like, whoa, big reveal. Jude Chicka Chicka Chola is just kind of like, yeah, I'm just back. Um, like, like when Milo comes back in two seasons. I didn't come back in season six to format files. No, you didn't, but you get shot in the head. Um, spoiler alert. Um, but I do love how, like, Mike comes in and he's basically like, uh, Mr. Vice President, uh, you know, we're, we're monitoring the situation and we believe that we've found the wreckage of Air Force One. Shouldn't they be, like, in a situation room watching this? Like, what is Logan yeah. doing at, like, midnight? He's just like, oh, it's not even midnight. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's in the East Coast. So what's he like? Just going, oh, all right, Martha, I'm just uh, just going for a walk. Oh, what's that old oh, presence plane crash? Oh, that's a bit of shit. I might have a busy day today. Oh, how did the Nationals go last night? Um, did they win? Uh, did they? Uh, Where is Wizards? Where's my hourlies? Yeah, did OV score last night? Um, you know, that sort of stuff. You um, know, it, what, I just interrupt a second. It's a very solid point that that's one of the plot holes I didn't actually think about. With everything that's going on, should he not have been at least shot behind a desk, standing in front of Mon or something? He's literally in the middle of like a waiting room, yeah. a sitting room, but not even sitting. I'm like, how many hours have you just spent standing there? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good view. Well, let me check this window. Oh, like that tree over there. Like, that's basically what he's doing here. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing, too, that I think you're kind of moving on to the football. <laughs> the, like, I just, I love how they call this a football, but you know, you know how they can solve this problem, Colin? They need to get John Favreau 
They need to get Gene Hackman, and he needs to go, I want you to get me the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? I'm going to get you the ball. I'm going to get you the ball. I'm going to get you the ball. Favreau's going to sprint out to the desert, grab it, be like, fuck you, Armand Bosley. I got you the ball. I got you the ball. Done. That, that's that's Jack, and then it literally ends the same way. Go sit down now, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I just Problem solved. Uh, John Favreau could have been uh, Kiefer Sutherland in this uh, episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the Logan stuff. I mean, what we'll do is we'll cover the uh, the CTU stuff minus the campers. Uh, basically, pick it from last week where it's like, was there for one just said? Was there for one just said? Uh, now we're just going over the the I guess radio communications. Air Force One, it's going down. This reminds me of. Did, did you ever watch the movie Hot Hot Shots with Charlie Sheen, the parody of Top Gun? No. The end of that movie is basically uh, like radio communications. It's actually John Cryer who's on the radio. Uh, and Char- Charlie Sheen is the pilot. The, the right, they're in a they're in a movie before they were ever in. They were men, in Hot men, Shots. Men, 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 yeah, men. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they had done Hot Shots prior to that. Um, so it, it's basically the radio communication, and you're only seeing from John Cryer's point of view. And it's basically like, all right, you, you're coming in, you're level, we got gotcha. you. And it's like, oh, I just lost a wing. It's like still looking good. There goes the other one. <laughs> it's like. You're doing fine. Lost a landing gear. <laughs> That's basically what it's like. Oh, we lost a way here. <laughs> um, Jack comes back just in time. Oh, it's amazing how close everything is. <laughs> hey, hey, how's that? Just one going. That's literally what it's like. Is he kind of just yeah. jogs in? He's like, oh fuck, geez, traffic on the highway is pretty shit. Hey, going Jenkins, you get that that leg sorted out? Great. Oh, Frank, how you doing? Oh, Air Force One fixed? Is it? Did it crash? What happened there? Like that's the. It was thirty <laughs> seconds ago. Just stay on the phone, Jack. Oh, so it sorted itself out, did it? Did we passenger list get that? Uh, uh, sorted? <laughs> I'll catch it on the 11 o'clock news. Don't worry about it. It's oh, really 11 bait. o'clock now. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is Audrey horny? Uh, she over that pole thing? <laughs> but, I mean, it is very tense that you're just watch- listening to the radio of this. I like that we're not having to see Air Force One. Obviously, you, know, you mentioned being like a bottle episode. I mean, those are famous for let's just use existing sets and, you know, uh, contain story. Nothing uh, that we need to do to expand our budget. You could have done this where you're seeing a couple of lights flashing on Air Force One, but it makes it more tense that you're only hearing the radio communication, as silly as it is that Jack just comes in at the end. Uh, when it finally does crash or whatever, they, they eventually get a hold of somebody, and it's Patterson. I, I can't move. <laughs> I'm badly burned. <laughs> it's smelling uh, like almonds. It might be gangrenous. <laughs> yes, you there? Shot. Uh, yes, badly burnt. <laughs> Well, and this is where I guess we get the fate of uh, what was it? Anderson was the the pilot, <laughs> not Anderson. Uh, where they say, and well, we we shot down the stealth, but they never say what happened. They just say they shot well, it down. Which, Air Force One survived. I so knew there was survive? a line, like when we talked about that last yeah. week, how it was left open ended. But I knew there was like a line saying they shot him down. So yeah, mm, yeah, maybe he survives. I mean, the, Top Gun Maverick. You know his his plane crashes and he survives. And Mark Ten uh, twice. Oh, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, Mark Ten. Um, so yeah, it's possible he's alive. I'm sure he'll be back in Legacy Season Two. <laughs> um, th- there's, of course, more talk about uh, Marwan. Well, there could be further attacks, and we know there's further attacks. Uh, they don't want to ignore any leads. It, it, we need to go after every single lead. And this is basically their round <laughs> round table meeting here, where there's like a very subtle lecture to Edgar. It's like Edgar, I need you on top of everything. It's essentially everything other than saying, check those hourlies. <laughs> <laughs> they are hourlies, not weeklies, Edgar. I got it. I got it. Um, 
<laughs> this is where we find out the great like, impersonation. My mom's stuck in a furnace somewhere. <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> what an impersonation. Uh, impressions is what we do on this show. Uh, it didn't sound like Schwarzenegger, so I'm proud of myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to put that on the soundboard. It would just crack yes, me up every time. <laughs> Give me a really good Arnold right now so I can put it on there. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, God. All right. So this is where we find out oh, during the wreck, the football may have been lost. Uh, and I talked to Secretary Heller. And he only wants Jack on it. Literally nobody else. Let's send one guy. <laughs> um, there, There is a nice talk here that uh, Audrey and Jack have. This is where they're really getting good with the whole tension. And again, subtle tension between Jack and Audrey, where he's saying, he's like, I know that you've had a really hard day and I know a lot of things have happened. Sometimes you just got to let it go. And she, she basically says, Jack, that's your gift. That's not everybody else's gift. Not everybody can just let it go when their husband gets shot. Um, She's asking you let it go from Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. And I mean, I'll jump ahead a little bit, but there's another funny moment where Jack, in the middle of his mission, decides to call Audrey. Yeah, so we just talk about our feelings. I mean, <laughs> and that's why I <laughs> want this scene to be... <laughs> Why yeah. I can't hear you? It's really yeah. loud. <laughs> You're in a helicopter. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jack's going to go off on this one-man mission. I guess it's not a one-man mission because there is another guy they send with him who gets shot two seconds later. Um, the, uh, uh, the what, what other stuff we have here? Um, Tony, anything else Tony and Bill here? having a bit of a... Tony. Oh, yeah, Tony and Bill. Yeah, about this that is Michelle Bill thing. Yeah, we're not fucking anymore she cock blocked me and then that's not working out basically i remembered this as being a more drawn out thing because it was very tense and they do away with it within two episodes here the whole michelle and bill thing and i thought this was like much later in the season where they revealed this um that just shows how good these actors are at creating this tension uh but yeah he basically says yes there nothing ever happened i think it was because she was always in love with you now that's a bad line <laughs> I think it's because she doesn't think I'm young enough and has a flavor saver. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to. I'm just going to go full gray next season. I'm going to stop hiding it. Which, I'm uh, sorry, no but has freaking he gone like gray already? I swear in a week <laughs> yeah. he has gotten grayer. I swear like the, the stress of the job. The colors faded out and they've just gone, James, just don't color it, mate. Just let it grow. Don't even bother. Like, I swear he's lost the darkness. Maybe it's just me. I'm going to have to watch in the next episode. Uh, here's where we get... <laughs> major plot hole we got video footage of the air force one crash they're there immediately we know that they can respond quickly i it's amazing they couldn't have diverted a few of these guys to go find the football but uh uh oh it's the president's son he's definitely dead Aww. they don't even touch him <laughs> they don't even check for a pulse no who cares but still they're like oh yeah he's dead we, we talked before it's like He's definitely dead. At least Jack checked for a pulse. He's, They're not even checking anything. What you actually don't see is the guy's like, help me, my dad's, and you hear this, bang, yeah, he's like, definitely dead. He's dead. <laughs> and meanwhile, Keeler, they're again not touching him. Oh, the president's definitely alive. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the, the second, this is where we catch up with the second Jack call, was we need to talk about our feelings again. Uh, but but this is great because Jack Jack's finally really showing he's on the ropes like he's desperate. This is not a Jack Bauer thing to do. You get him having the conversation with Audrey saying, listen, a lot of things happen. But after the way the first conversation went, the fact that he felt the need to call her and say, 
yeah, uh, I know I'm supposed to be finding the football right now, but like, I'm kind of nervous you're going to dump me. Uh, it's really good. This, this soap opera, I don't think the soap opera will ever be better than this. Um, maybe, you know, you've watched the other season more recently. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll kind of stop there before we get into the camper stuff. But I mean, soap opera, good. Um, don't know whether they should have lasted a little bit longer before revealing the whole Bill and Michelle thing, though. This to me, though, is where we get so many plot holes, so much bad dialogue and so much just forceful of like, shit, we're going to move the plot on. So let's just have <laughs> plot development shoved in your face. So literally this episode opens up like in the previously on, we get a bonus line that we didn't get in the last week episode where you hear that Air Force One has been fired upon. You didn't hear that last week. And that's just been added in the previously on part there. Um, so basically they're like, did, did, did. Oh, it's. I think it's going down, sir. Okay, there it is. Like, they're all staring. Why is CTU controlling an aviation problem? This should be like the Air Force yeah. or something like that. Why are they in control of this? And then Chloe's all like, oh, I can't see it. Change frequencies. And like, as you were saying, like, we've lost a wing. We've lost this. We'll and it's like, I think it's gone down. And they're like, like the, again, this is the president. Patterson. Of the, Patterson. This is the president of the United States, but like they're acting like this is just you know Malaysia Airways one that's still missing. They're just like, it's gone down. All right, where's it gone down? In it's gone down near the city of Indio. Okay, Tony's like Vegas and LA uh, CTU are on the ground in the way. Now I looked up the city of Indio, Colin. Uh, just a few of the plot holes that are in this episode. This is about a two-hour drive from LA. It's about a four-hour drive from Las Vegas. So uh, Los Angeles is much closer, but okay, sure, whatever. Good for them. But then they basically go on the fact of it's like crashed. We've got rescue teams there on the way. Were they just chilling in Indio? Like, I mean, like this is not close. To which I love then Audrey. Like Audrey's great in this episode, except for like the first bit. She just sounds like a robot. She walks in. DOD satellites are reporting flashes on the ground. It must be Air Force One. It's like you just literally watched it crash. <laughs> but thanks, Audrey, for coming in there. So then, like, straight away, like, I love Bill's on the phone within two seconds. Mr. Vice President, the president is down. How's the president? We don't know. There may be survivors. It's like you literally crashed. To which then Jack is all like, has it crashed yet? Shit. Okay, then. No, call up Secret Service. They've got back channels. So, right, hi, Jenny, Secret Service. Hi, Jenny, Jack Bauer. Here's my password. Again, guy who's not even an agent, but I guess he's DOD. Straight away, we get, like, Jenkins, can you hear us? No. Anderson, can you hear us? Ah, uh, this is Anderson. Like, the plane has just crashed two <laughs> seconds ago. There should be fire, smoke. Like, he's literally like, ah, oh, yeah. I see there's survivors. And it's like, where's the president? I don't know. Like, why weren't you doing your fucking job? Um, <laughs> so it's just like, okay, then. But then I, I love like this footage that we get of the, the you know, because it's like straight away, president's playing on down. Let's have a meeting. All right, everyone. Meeting time. Uh, so is the president okay? We don't know yet. We're going to try and find Marwan. Like, why does Audrey have to like burst in the room and be like, this is important. The nuclear football. Like, this is the counter-terrorist unit. <laughs> they yeah. know the president is on this plane, but outside of the president, what's the most important thing? It's the nuclear football position. <laughs> like we literally oh. had that at the beginning of this um, season with the nuclear decoder thing being stolen, mm. right? So like I love how it takes them like 10 minutes while Jack's having like a fight with Michelle for then Audrey to literally be like, you're the only man for the job. Also, the did you get the Easter egg when they've got the footage of the president being found? Kazar in the top left Kassar, corner. Kazar, yeah. 
bit of a jo- nod there to John. Which again, I do love this rescue crew from the town of freaking India who just showed up. Where is it? Like again, this plane's crashed ten minutes ago, and already it's clear there's no smoke. There's not guts everywhere and everything. But I, I like this whole thing with Audrey's like, yes, the Secretary of Defense, not a dad. The Secretary of Defense demands only you, Jack. This is a one man job. Now Audrey then says, like, because Jack goes, where is it? So Audrey says. It is about 40 miles from here in the desert. Now, again, I looked this up. The nearest desert to Los Angeles is 110 miles away. Now, also, they said that this crash near Indio, which is a long way away from LA, so where is it? And Audrey straight away is like, debris has fallen out of the plane. Again, plane crashed 10 minutes ago, so they're pretty good in the recovery system there. Now, other plot hole with this, Jack then gets in a helicopter. So when he calls up our friends in a minute, he says, I'm 20 minutes away. Now, again, I looked up the speed and the trajectory of helicopters. A helicopter, on average, travels 150 to 200 miles an hour. It covers 40 miles in just 15 minutes. So, which is it, 24? (laughs) How far away is this plane? If it's crashed 40 miles from L.A., everybody should be seeing this. I mean, the fucking nuclear bomb was closer than that in the Mojave Desert, wasn't it? Um. But through all the plot holes that Ben's having a little complaint about, I do also love the fact that Jack and Audrey just have a little moment like, the president's down, the nuclear football, whatever. So how are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, because it gets better than that. I think the funniest thing is, it's like last week it was all like, Paul, like, fuck yeah, I'm going to survive. No doctor tells me what to do. And Audrey straight away, it's worse than we thought. Paul has to have surgery. <laughs> it's like, you just said he was okay a week ago. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I love too is when they have this meeting and they're all like, Marwan, Marwan, where is he, Marwan? I love Michelle. Like, Michelle's just fucking frothing for attacks. She's like, we have to assume there will be more attacks. Like, I remember 9-11. 9-11 brought up again. Like, when everything was happening, like, there was all speculation. We were watching the news. Like, oh, reports, three planes have been hijacked. Reports, the Empire State Building has been hit. Like, everything was being, like, speculated, Right. But once the four planes were kind of done, you know, of course they were on high alert, but they kind of were straight away like, okay, like, I get it. The point of this episode of this series is Marwan has a string of attacks, but, like, he's fucking crashed a train, kidnapped the Secretary of Defense, stolen a Dakota, put nuclear fucking power plants on, you know, high alert, what, he set off an EMP, um, all the other crap that he's fucking done, Beirut's half of Los Angeles... Now he's like shot down the president. Fucking, I'm just saying this right now. Marwan, greedy. Like you literally yeah. could have just shot down the president. That's enough. Like Lee Harvey Oswald, whatever his name is, John Wilkes Booth. Like what are they known for? Getting rid of a fucking president. Marwan, Habib Marwan, you would have been known forever. You're just greedy, mates. Quit while you're ahead. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the best part is you ran through all those plot holes and we're about to get to the fact that campers... <laughs> I think Woke I heard up, an I thought I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> 10 feet away, the remains of Air Force One flaming. This would be a crater in the <laughs> ground. Oh, somebody woke me up. Oh, it was probably just something you were dreaming. <laughs> it's, a, it's a 2005 plane. They were very quiet when they crashed. It's fucking Air Force One. It's just blow. I mean, oh, what was that noise? Oh, come back and fuck me, baby. We're coming here to get <laughs> children. Granted, Kelly here does say, why don't we just continue trying to make a baby? So they were in the middle of something that could have been a distraction, but Six. not that much. Air Force One crashed. They basically say, what is that over there? They walk 10 feet. <laughs> I love it. It is 
it, with with an arm's reach almost. They're, they're literally hearing. What is that song? Sounds familiar. And th- this guy, you talk about um, her being in uh, Pierce Brosnan. This is um, yeah. Uh, wasn't he like the geek in Bones? Or yeah, he was. He was like the I, computer. I just saw that. T.J. Tyne is his name, but I knew he mm. was from something. But yeah, I never watched Bones, but like he is. No. Uh, like he's kind of like the the hot one from Numbers or whatever it was, or NCIS, the dark haired girl. Like you know them, the geeky ones. Mm. And he's hot too, yeah. by the way. He's so good in this episode. He's. I mean, I, I I will say and the OC just the guest OC stars. Well. well, I mean, this is I guess right before Bones started. So, but at this point, he's just guy who gets guest spots on TV shows. <laughs> he's way better than your average guest spot actor. I, I think the best things about him is the way that he panics because it's a realistic panic. Like he he's it's not in the things he's saying that he's panicking. It's the way he's delivering the lines. Um, he he might be one of my favorite things in this episode. Um, Kelly, she's okay. I've, I have some issues with her later on, uh, but again, it's it's in the writing, not in the character. Uh, but I love that he immediately he's like, "What is that there?" And he he sees wreckage of the. It's not just the football dropped out of the sky. Okay, there are sections of the plane that are flaming in craters in the ground within the same vicinity of their campsite. They they walk for about five seconds, uh, but he he finds this briefcase, sees the presidential seal and everything, and and he says. I think I found a football. Uh, they have, a, or what is it? They have a funny name for it. What's that funny name? Football. But just, that sounds funny, doesn't it? But I really just love the fact that, like, I mean, yeah, okay, like I watch things and you pay attention, but I love this guy straight away. He's like, honey, come over here. I think I saw something. I read something yeah. once. It's got a fun, like, this is literally a black briefcase. Like, I mean, like, yeah. I'm sure there's another 50 important briefcases on Air Force One. And she's like, mm-hmm. like, I want this to literally be in the shape of a football. Like, you know, like, well, why isn't this handcuffed to like, like the guy at the beginning yeah. on the train, it was handcuffed to someone. And this is, the, this is a section of the tail of the airplane. So this is one of the other things is like massive plot hole. Again, plot hole because you needed a plot. So I'm not saying that you, you, you shouldn't have this fun episode because it doesn't make sense. But if we're dissecting this here, this is the most valuable thing we have outside of the president that is on this airplane. Shove it somewhere in the back. That's what they did. <laughs> they shoved it somewhere in the back. Uh, but but he just immediately, it's got that funny name, uh, foot foosball, that they call a foosball. Noah. <laughs> um, but I mean, he basically gets on the phone to somebody in the government. They patch him through to Jack. Oh, this guy's found the football. Put him through. That's like, I found that thing with the funny name. You mean the football? <laughs> oh, kills me every time. Football. Oh, um, but, but this is where I, I really like the way that this guy plays it because he's playing it where you see a little bit of panic in him, but he's still listening to everything Jack says. All right, very important. This is what I need you to do. Um, and th- th- they see headlights in the distance. See headlights. Okay, somebody's coming. Um, who do we have in the area? We got nobody. Everybody else is busy, Jack. Biggest plot hole they have. Everybody is busy. The most valuable thing that will lead to you losing control of your own nuclear arsenal Everybody else is occupied because of the EMP. So tell uh, Captain whatever to stop uh, escorting old ladies onto buses and evacuating towns and say, we got a football that's out there and somebody's coming to get it. Get your guns and go save these people. Why are they busy? Because, like, I mean, if they the... They, they, they say the evacuation. But, but like, it's a plot hole that it's, I've just thought about, too, because, like, the fuselage can't be that far away from here. 
they've fucking found the president. They've put him on a fucking yeah. ambulance. Like, even if, you know, you've got half the cabinet or whoever, like, are burning to death and they've got broken bones, like, that's not up to Sergeant Jenkins and Jenny and Flinkins and Benkins. Like, fucking mm-hmm. exactly. Pro- th- these are the nuclear. Like, I'm sorry, this is on CTU. That freaking Marwan gets a page out of this book. Like, fucking own that mm-hmm. shit, CTU. Where's, where's freaking, um, what's it's, the face? Tell her. Meg. Like down in yeah. uh, fucking accounts or wherever she was the other week with the owlies. Like, pull Meg on it. If No, this is, I'm going to say this is all on Heller. He sent one guy. He yeah. specifically said he only wants you to go. Now, this isn't even a guy in charge of CTU. He's in charge of the Department of Defense. He's got many people at his disposal that he could be like, Jack, we're sending backup. But they, they don't even call for backup at any point. This is a country. I, I love America. But, like, remember the whole uh, terrorist attack we've never mentioned on this show, the Boston bombings. Like, remember when they found mm. the guy in the boat? It sounded like fucking half the Boston PD after that guy. Like, I mean, it was just for mm-hmm. one guy who, you know, you know, tragically killed some people. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing. But, I mean, this is a freaking new, like, what if, like, freaking <laughs> Ty, what's his face from Bones here? Like, what's that presidential? Oh, that's right. The football thing. I can set off bombs with this shit. Fuck you, France. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, he can just do that. Like, you know, no, and he can just be like on the phone to Jack, like, what? This is this is it. I want a million dollars for it. No, you can't. <laughs> what are you going to do? There goes Kentucky. Give me a million dollars. The price is now $10 million. <laughs> Bye-bye, Burkina Faso. $50 million. <laughs> like, that's what I would do. Fuck you, New Zealand. Uh- I mean, at least ask for a reward. But you see, what, what I like about this guy is that he he basically is the guy who's like, I'm going to do the right thing and yeah. I'm going to call the government. And from every other point in this episode, you're like, I really wish I hadn't picked up that phone. Yeah. <laughs> like even when Jack's like, all right, there's people who, who who's coming. Is it your people? No, it's probably the terrorists who caused this. In the first- Jack just loves telling everybody about the top secret things that are happening in this country. Ranger. We don't want to cause panic. <laughs> no, no panic. There's terrorists and they just blew up Air Force One. The president's probably dead. Um, we need you to do this. This guy's now in way over his head. I love that he's like, okay, you got a compass, you got a flashlight, do this, do this. I don't know how that works. He scratches the surface of the briefcase. All right, it's disabled. Good. The nuclear um, football of the United States, the tracker <laughs> can be disabled by a standard compass you get at Home Depot. That simple. <laughs> But I, but I love like this guy, the actor here, TJ Tyne, where uh, they're like, uh, "Is it done yet? Is it done yet? I'm working on it. I'm working on it." He's getting really he's like, with Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's doing this? <laughs> I don't know where the football is. Uh, this is where Jack gives away his phone number. Which uh, did we mention the ver- like the episode where this was leaked? Because this is basically at the point where they're like, all right. The the what do you the the set phone number got out in them. Somebody was dumb enough. Yeah, the fan. Well, it became. This is kind of where it became the fan phone because at, at the point I think it was where this season was, was first, the first one they had it, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean that of course was like, oh, this was a mistake. This number accidentally got out. At this point, now they're having fun with it. They're like, let's have the number three one zero five nine seven three seven eight one, which I wanted to call in there, but then I I looked it up and somebody said no, and now it just says it's deactivated or whatever. Uh, but uh, if yeah, you, you didn't like freaking like. Carlos Bedard still answered. Mm, hello? Yeah, hello? Uh, hi, who's this? Uh, it's Carlos, who's this? Uh, Colin Hilding. Oh, g'day, Colin. You're at 24, dude. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have to excuse me for a minute. i got to clean up the neighbor's dog made a mess. It, it, was, it was the president's son, the actor, that wanker. He answers it. It's his yeah. phone number. Hello, They, 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 they didn't check on me. I was alive. You could tell I was breathing, right? Couldn't you? I'm scared. 
um, anyway, Jack tells them, go to this unmanned facility. It's this way. Uh, they go, turn your cell phone off. What if I have to call you? Then only call me if it's necessary. That doesn't really cup again. So I, uh, I like that that's a little detail where you could have just said, oh, they're going to track your phone, turn it off. I mean, he does call him again. It doesn't lead to them tracking him really. Uh, but uh, it's just one of those little things they throw in there that uh, gives it a bit of a realism and I guess increases the the tension of the situation. Uh, when they get there, though, he says, it's a, it's an unmanned facility. This is the biggest unmanned facility I've ever seen. No <laughs> place this size doesn't have one guard or one janitor. How um, <laughs> This is an unmanned facility. I don't understand. Uh, and, um, the, oh, yeah, the, love the, when he calls Jack. So uh, those terrorists you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of here. They're quicker than you are, Jack. You had the world's fastest helicopter, but Marwan got here by teleporting, apparently. Well, um, he's a mummy. So he, you know, he's, he's, oh, he's true, in the yes. desert. It's the sand, right? <laughs> uh, so this basically starts, uh, anything you want to talk about up to this point, I guess we'll cover just the action stuff after this. Like, it really is, again, an episode where I feel like, just, just shouldn't like because it just it's like well who are these people who cares like what you know yeah. they're fucking in the desert whatever why are they camping like is this kind of like a flashback to season two of the poor campers who died with the nuclear bomb but like it's just it's work and like these actors like say you will about what's her name kelly or whatever it is like they're believable as a couple when you care for them and like oh yeah besides the whole fact of what was that noise i think it might have been an explosion um <laughs> funnily enough like a bunch of people in like you know tower seven of the world trade center complex like oh what was that was that a, was that a <laughs> i think i heard something i heard what's no, no, i was smoke? probably just imagining it yeah. um, we were having sex after all they were trying for a baby um yeah <laughs> in the in the world trade center yes. and happy 22nd birthday to that baby that died um but <laughs> uh, <laughs> you made 9-11 jokes the other week <laughs> you can't talk um yeah, like it's it's just it's it's all set up. Like I mean, these cars that just show up again. Like you know, they must have been hanging out in freaking Indio. Everyone was hanging out in Indio this night. It's a place to be. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, Jack giving out his phone number. I wish I got Jack's phone number. You think Kiefer ever picked up the phone on the set? He couldn't be bothered. <laughs> um, Daisy was on a bed. He woke up. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, this isn't my cell phone. Stop it? calling me here. Fucking who? <laughs> Ah shit! What day is it? Ah, uh, still the best part of his that, concert of not only him just telling stories about him stealing cars like fifties when somebody yelled, out, "We love you, Jack Bauer," to which he replies, <laughs> "I'm not Jack Bauer." I was like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> don't ruin it, Kiefer." Um, I mean, this is where we get into the action stuff. We get the chase scene, and basically, the campers here are being chased through this largest unmanned facility that's ever uh, been Why did created. Camp here? <laughs> they should have, yeah. <laughs> You want a private place to make a baby? I love it when like, Jack's like, I can see an unmanned facility near you. And all of these guys are like, yeah, I saw it on the map. It's like, well, fuck, what are you camping near a power station? Like, why? <laughs> what, what are you camping there for, buddy? Like, I mean, is it the point to get away from, like, you know, man-made objects? Like All the noise and everything, yeah. But of course, he doesn't notice those things because he didn't notice Air Force One crashing 10 feet from their deaf. tent. <laughs> <laughs> like, every single time, you're like, Kelly comes out, honey, what's going on? What? Yeah. <laughs> Who? Speak up. The host. Who? <laughs> the host. The host. Um, oh, I love Jack Lands here. And I actually originally was like, why is he the only one getting out of the helicopter? And then he's basically like, oh, my, my backup just got shot. 
This guy shot like he hasn't even set foot in the helicopter yet. He's down. That was just, um, but I do wonder, like twenty-four. Jack Bauer will not return. <laughs> but this is where it, it kind of bothers me that, like, just say, "Oh, we have other teams on route," and "Oh, they got delayed" or something like that. Airspace has been closed. There's a lot of lack of communication going on because the Air Force One and all that. Uh, just something where it's not we sent Jack and one other guy that got shot right away. Don't even bother with the other guy. I mean, these. The, Helicopter pilots, why aren't they just saying we're going to stay here and cover you? But again, backing up to the plot holes here where everyone's busy, Air Force One just got shot down. Yeah, like, I mean, this, the football is missing. This is Air Force, like the commander-in-chief, the American president. Like this guy is more protected than anything on this planet. It gets shot down and it's like, oh, we're busy. Like, <laughs> we're going to check the alleys. Oh, can't, can't <laughs> get to it. Oh, do it, boss. <laughs> And it's it's also the fact they say because like, I actually commented how much I loved uh, earlier in the season the way that they use all the mini terror attacks to create this congestion. It was all for internet congestion, you know, mm. and that that kind of explained well. This is why we're short staffed. But you have done the one a thing so unspeakable that the Fox Network said you can't kill the president. There are strict restrictions that you have here of what you're allowed to do if you want to explore this plot. That means this is the biggest thing that's ever happened. That means this huh. is bigger than the nuke going off. But that's when Keeler so said this that. This is the one time that where everybody is there. But that's what Keeler said. Like, if you feel like if one more thing, like, and like, again, like TV's got a TV, it's got to move forward. But like, he's a week of bringing it up again. Air Force One. Like, I mean, we saw in that movie, like the people having candlelight vigils outside the white. Like, I mean, yeah. Everything, whatever you want to say about Americans, they are, you know, proud, passionate people. And if the fucking president's plane got shot down and people were waking up to this, like, again, 9-11 was so shocking. Like, what has it been? Like, at the time of recording this in the last week, everyone's been hooked to a fucking Chinese balloon flying over yeah. fucking America. Like, that's everyone's talking about. If the president's plane got shot down, this would be like, you know everybody could rob everything in America because every law enforcement agency would be there, like mm -hmm. 24 coverage. And they're just basically like, oh, well, at least we've got Logan. Live coverage of President Logan. We got rid of that bastard killer, didn't we? Glad that we've got you, Logan. Oh, well, a nuclear bomb's been stolen. Like, like it's kind of what Killer says when he's like, if something else happens, I don't think America will recover. Of all the terrorist attacks and plot devices that happen on this show, barring a nuclear bomb going off in American soil in season two and season six, like... This would be, in terms of just America as a nation being fractured, this day mm -hmm. would fuck America up. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, the biggest issue is the football is in the <laughs> open. Like, uh, we have no eyes on the football. Like, it would basically be that everybody is like, get the football, get the football. They're going to they're gonna have super control of our nukes. It's going to be like terror nonstop. Like, this, everything that has happened up to this point times 1,000 is the risk of this football getting out. And it's just like, ah, oh, don't worry, the campers got it. Imagine the government hearings after this day. Like, I mean, we talked about it after yeah. season one, how you had the CTU findings. I mean, again, the 9-11 commission report, like the, the um, what was it, the the Comey rule or, uh, not Comey rule, that was a different show, uh, the uh, Looming Tower, the Jeff Daniels miniseries that they did about that, all the mistakes that were sort of made that led to 9-11. Like, and that was a huge deal. Yeah. Like, What's the committee going to say? Okay, so uh, we're going to be investigating the following things. A train got blown up. The decoder device got stolen. Nuclear power plants got hijacked and we had nuclear power plants go off in America. The Secretary of Defense got kidnapped. 
Air Force One got shot down. <laughs> Campus found the we nuclear were... football. And spoiler alert for the rest of the season, a nuclear bomb was launched off and nearly blew up Los Angeles. Like, I mean, literally, the Senate are very busy for the next 10 years. The, the next freaking, like, five seasons of 24 should just be Senate hearing committees. And Tony didn't even get to finish a soccer game. Now, that's uh, the real travesty here. Exactly. And Meg still hasn't gotten to the Owlies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and we still Jack don't know actually, who Maggie is. <laughs> uh, Maggie is the one who is supposed to be putting the football somewhere other than the back of the plane. Exactly. Maggie, put this somewhere safe. All I, right, back of the I, plane. I really want Kathy Bates. We're just connecting these weirdly to football, American football movies. I want Kathy Bates <laughs> from The Water Boy. He's a foosball. Oh. You've been playing foosball. <laughs> Where's Kathy Bates? Funnier. Bring back Kathy Bates. <laughs> Where is she? Make her a thing again? <laughs> yeah, Academy Award. We she nominated. Happy anniversary. She's been nominated for a lot. She, she, she won, didn't she win it for Misery? Yeah, well, I think since then she's been nominated several times too. Um, she, she got nominated for Titanic. Did she? No, the old woman. No. Did. Happy 25th yeah, anniversary of Titanic. Been re-released I, in cinemas this week. Uh, 3D. Tempted to go see. I, I yeah, I no, I'm not. But uh, <laughs> I, I love this thing I saw recently, which actually backed up our because we have very polar opposite opinions on Titanic. You think it's a great movie. I hate the movie. We both agreed on one thing. We're like, Billy Zane. I'm like, yes, he oh. does some bad things in the movie, but he's not the villain. I saw this great article, which was basically selling why Rose is the villain. And the best argument they made was that in the beginning of the movie, this woman who is all about her family has nothing but pictures of it. Literally every picture she has is of herself. <laughs> and then they go on to explain about all of her selfish things she does throughout the movie. Did you see the thing that James Cameron has done? That he um, recreated the door scene and has all but admitted now that he got oh, it yeah. wrong. Um, so he said, he, he said he basically came out and said like, yeah, Jack could have fit in that. We should have made the door smaller. <laughs> I kind of like that. I, That's I, funny. Uh, I, I have no time for Titanic, though. <laughs> no, I, I, I would probably watch Way of Water over Titanic. Well, oh. if it was the, if it's the, if it's like the last twenty minutes of Titanic, like the actual sinking on, okay, I can but, deal with but that. That's but that's the last twenty minutes of the Way of Water, so they're the same film. Exactly, but yeah, Way of Water. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, I'll just watch. I don't know, women talking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so looking forward to what. Like I'm telling you now, if there are not women talking in that film, I want my money back. <laughs> oh, there's women talking. Oh, all right, it's like and you know what? Snakes on a plane. You know what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They 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 definitely did not mispromote this movie. Now that people are getting sued for mispromoting movies, they had to say we're gonna give it the most literal title ever: "Women Talking." But uh, Ben Wishaw is in that movie, which hmm. I it's funny. I, I I'm sure I knew that, but I didn't realize. Yeah, and you know, Jamie and I both felt bad after watching the movie. Like, I feel bad for saying this on a movie about women talking, but like the one guy in that movie might be the best thing in it. <laughs> and he wasn't nominated. Shame on you. Props to Ben um, Wishaw. They should just rename it Ben Wishaw Talking. Why not? <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, this is where Jack comes up with a, another plan that like it doesn't actually matter in this episode. You could have done this another way, but it's a little detail that gives it some realism where he says, I want you to take the playbook out and separate it from the briefcase in the end. I mean, these people get caught so quickly that I'm like, ah, you didn't actually have to do that, but I like the realism that it brings. Uh, they split these people up. Uh, we get more panic from the guy here. Where he's like, this place is not that he basically says, this place is not that big. They're going to find us. And I want Jack to be like, I saw this place. <laughs> it is bigger than the Pentagon. Okay. You got plenty of places to hide. Um, but uh, yeah, they do split up here and, uh, or Jack uh, creates his distraction. The amount of time in this episode, Jack actually just spends in the one spot. I got no way out of here. 
the guy fires a bullet. Oh, he's stuck. 20 minutes. He's stuck, not even entering the building. The helicopter is there because he calls him back later on. We need you to come for us or whatever. Tell one of the guys in the helicopter, pull out your gun, start firing, give me some cover. But again, the realism that they bring in this episode of, I'm going to create a MacGyver thing here, take my bullets out, <laughs> set fire in a paint can, and just work as a diversion. I like that. It's 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 Jack Bauer being Jack Bauer in this episode, which then gets followed by when he gets in the complex, <laughs> the greatest Jack Bauer line ever, <laughs> where you just see the guy walking across like the, the steel grating, and you hear a voice from underneath him go, hey. <laughs> That's not even, this isn't even us exaggerating. It's literally just Jack Parker. Hey, the guy looks down, bang, 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 hey. It's like, because like, you think he should be like, hey, like, was it like um, Jurassic Park 3 when you got William H. Macy? Hey, oh, like, hey. trying to get the Spinosaurus. Like, it's literally Jack Bauer. Hey, like, I want I want to see the, the writing room of this. Duffy, Demetri, okay, we've got Jack. Right, what if he's like MacGyver? Yeah, okay, what can he do? I don't know. Bullets in a can, yeah. Put some, like, you know, kindling in there, all right. Light it on fire. Pop, pop, distraction. All right, great. What's he going to say when he gets up to the guy? I know, like, oi. Or like, oh, yeah, hey, you. Or damn it. No, what about if we just went, sup? No, hey. too yeah. cool. <laughs> what about just like, hey, hey. Exactly. Hey. Sup. I like sup. the idea of sup. That's basically like, because he he delivers the hey as if he's saying sup. Yeah, <laughs> sup. That's a Canadian yeah, that's sup. A... Hey. That might be my favorite Jack Bauer kill ever. The hay. <laughs> the hay kill. Yeah, it's just like, hey. I, in fact, I'm doing this right now. This will not make the list, but I want it to be an honorable mention. I am putting it on my list for Hall of Fame at the end of the season. Hey, kill. Jack saying hey. I got to say. It's going to be an honorable mention at least. It's one of my favorite kills, but um, wait till we get to season six, Jack Bauer the Vampire. <laughs> See, I do not remember this. This is like Jack versus the EMP. Jack Bauer when we get there, kills a guy by biting his jugular. That's up there. <laughs> Come on, he he loves his lost boy days. That's Kiefer. Uh, now, um, Jason here gets caught. This is, I guess, the reason by the separation of the briefcase. But you also could have just done this and said, "Okay, I want they're going to be after you or something like that. I want one of you to create the distraction." Um, Show me because they get caught so quickly. <laughs> <Exactly>. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Show him your Spring dong. Break. <laughs> Show him your dong. Uh, do you figure he's got a big one? Medium. Nah, he's not Kiefer. I mean, right. definitely he's not bigger than Jason Momoa. Yeah, he's not Jason Momoa. Medium. Just average. Av- average um, Jason. That's what these friends average, call him. Average Jason. <laughs> that show, Average Joe. What was it back in the day? Like, average Jason. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Marwan here just immediately shoots Jason. I love that. It's like, you're going to tell me where it is. Uh, no, bang. He just shoots him and he continues to shoot him. Like this is where Marwan gets to be really vicious. And uh, I, I think that arguably this scene is probably the best scene in the episode with the, the whole standoff, even though it, I wish there had been more of a jump because Jack's on the phone with Kelly here and she's saying, oh, they've got my husband. And, and I, I see it from her point of view. But it's just drag this scene out. This is the reason I think that I have more of an issue with Kelly than I do with Jason this episode, because she says they got my husband. He says, don't worry about it. Well, I'll be there soon. Just he even says, keep me on the phone. And then the next time we see her is like 30 seconds later. She's like, all right, I've got your playbook here. And she's hung up the phone. Like, I wish that Jack was still on the phone because Jack's basically like, Kelly, Kelly, are you there? Like, I, it, Don't have the scene of him saying, don't worry keep it away or whatever. Just don't have Jack on the phone because Jack being on the phone is what makes her look dumb. Cause she basically hangs up on him and does the opposite of what he says. I, I disagree. I think it just shows 
she's panicking and she's, you know, I, I mean, I, I'd terrorist if you're listening, kidnap. Well, I don't have a partner, so kidnap. I don't know. Noah. Kid, no, 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 I don't know. Kidnap Brendan Fraser. Like, I'd like, I'll do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I would cave in two seconds. Like, I just kind of think that she just, she's panicked and she's caving. Like, I, I don't think it shows that she's dumb at all. I just think that she's it's, just, it's, you know, like it, it humanizes her, if anything, because I think most people in like, you probably wouldn't give up with Jamie was being kidnapped, but she'd give up in two seconds if you were being kidnapped. But it's just, I, it's the way the scene plays out. I think that her panicking, again, I completely understand that. Jack saying, if you want, keep me on the phone. It's the fact that when we come back to her, she's hung up the phone. Like if she was like, no, I got to go to him now and then hangs up. Like just give us the mm. reaction. But it's they try to leave this suspense because I'm watching the scene now. I'm like, did she have a backup plan or something? Like, is, is this her and she's hidden it somewhere? Because she really does. That. I mean, the, there, there's what the one page or whatever that they um, they take out of this later on. So Marwan ends up being the smart one again. I love though Marwan always being one step ahead because by the time Jack gets there, He's like, it's okay. We got the plan. We're going to have this quick chase scene here where Jack's outside and uh, um, he says, it's in the lead Jeep. Take out the lead Jeep. And then it crashes. And uh, I want Jack to be like, sorry, I meant the second one. <laughs> like, how does he even know it's in the lead one? I mean, I guess you see the briefcase. There couldn't be more than one briefcase. But the whole time when he's around the vehicle and he's got the helicopter. And this is where I think Duppy Demetrius is good at writing action because he writes things in there that – give it that little bit of extra thing where it's not just an action scene where he's like, I can't see it. You got to shine the spotlight on me. That little mm, detail, cool. like so many of the other things here. Uh, and then he finds it. And I'm, again, I'm thinking this, it's not going to be this briefcase. And he opened it. Okay. I got the playbook. And it's like, uh, yeah, but page seven's missing. Is that important? But, I, but I, li- I like it with the lead up though, there when kind of like he's on, is he on the phone to Tony? And he's kind of like, yeah. like <laughs> Marwin gave up his free. And then it's kind of like, that doesn't make sense. Does it? Mm, oh, that's check the so book good. Again. I love that. Because Jack's basically like, it's it's good. We got the briefcase. Tony's like, wait, so Marwan gave up his freedom to give us the briefcase? And Jack's like, now that you put it that way, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that, it, it's it, maybe switching a few words around, but even Jack's reaction is like, wait a minute. You're right, Tony. Like, yeah. oh, this, God, uh, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, I knew there was a reason we brought you back. Um, but they they play with the audience here. And this is a, one of those little things, again, that makes the episode. You're like, oh, that can't be the one that has a briefcase. Oh, it is a briefcase, but it can't be the right briefcase. Oh, it is. But they've got to have something missing for the playbook. But Jack doesn't realize it. There's so many things they just keep adding on here and here and here. Um, sorry, what was page seven again? Oh, just the one that has our warhead locations and all the activation codes. When They basically say we have an hour to deactivate it, uh, which... Um, that I also find that what they say, they're the problem. Well, don't worry. These are in the process of being deactivated. Again, if you lose the football, you deactivate the codes. I don't believe that it takes you an hour well, to call all these sites. Like, wouldn't you I, have a team saying everybody call one site? From what I read on the trivia, at least on IMDb, apparently they say it would be impossible for this to happen because as soon as something like this happens, uh, so see, a terrorist would never been able to receive or use a playbook from nuclear football any times that the President's Convoy, Air Force One, or the Secretary of Defense is either compromised or killed, the nuclear launch codes are immediately changed in less than an hour with mm. six speed. Which, I mean, there's a plot hole right there. Or the Secretary of Defense is compromised. So these would have been changed early in the day when he was kidnapped. Oh, yeah. Um, I, like, yeah, this has kind of got a bit of Skyfall plot around it when it's like Marwan's plan this whole day has been planned out and meticulous. And again, I, I've, I've praised this season for being more planned, at least on paper than it seems. And obviously it wasn't, but, but like, so his end goal in shooting down air force one 
was to get the president to get the nuclear football to steal at least one page to, as we're going to find out, get one bomb to which he's going to then get on one launching device. Now, how does he know? Like, this is the top secret U.S. government. How does he know on page four is the yeah. pages with the nuclear codes and we want section 7D because that's the bomb that we got at Walmart. Like, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's very Skyfall-ish in the fact that, like, it's it's an elaborate plot. It's cool when you think about it, but, like, it literally mm. makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. Um, it is. You're right. And that's what this episode is. Um, I had nothing else to add. Uh, you had anything else? Uh, it is a fun episode, Colin. Um, I have nothing else to declare. I, I lost my train of thought. I thought I was thinking <laughs> Skyfall. Um, oh, Mr. Bond. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Um, this is yours. I. Yeah, great. Uh, and props to Brendan Fraser. Uh, there we go. We're back. All right. Um, I am going to buy this episode. Um, I'm assuming you're doing the same. Yes, it wasn't. Was it trivia I was going to mention about this episode outside of what I already talked oh, yeah. about? I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the trivia is like this is the code for the briefcase. I'm like, that's not trivia. That's part of the script. You mentioned the Kassar thing. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I, IMDb is wrong in which they say this is the first appearance of Gregory Itson, but that was last week. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm um, yeah absolutely buying this episode. Um, again, it just it shouldn't shouldn't work it shouldn't be an episode that i like i like you i mean mm-hmm. you never see these two again in the desert it's just it's random it's out there i vaguely might remember watching this episode not liking it when it first aired but just it's just fun and random and it's just mm-hmm. maybe the most unique 24 episode we will ever get like it just you could honestly watch this as a standalone this is maybe the only episode of 24 you could legitimately watch as a standalone episode like yeah okay there's some context there's some things you need but like this is almost just like a CSI episode of the week, you know, like they could have, you could have done this in, you could have gone completely crazy and done this from the entire point of view from these campers and it still would have worked. So yeah, it is actually, it's very similar to the uh, Jack and Paul after the EMP in the gun store or whatever. You have this small cast, you have people just stuck in one location. It's right after a disaster. I think this one pulls it off a lot better than that episode does, and I like that episode. Yeah, because I meant to care about Paul, whereas, I mean, like, I legitimately care about these two, and I'm glad they survive. So Yeah, but do they? <laughs> well, Anderson crashes just... somewhere, kills them, steals their identity. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> they're in the car, and they're like, oh, all right, let's go. <laughs> 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 uh, actually, one, one I guess not Where's necessarily Curtis? a trivia tribute. Why wasn't Curtis well, out yeah, there we helping? Have... <laughs> no, exactly. Curtis is... Still looking for Beirut, I guess. Well, I mean, so. a, like, sorry, I just clicked. Like, everyone's busy. Jack's first line should have been, where's Curtis? Yeah, this is actually supposed to be his job, yeah. not mine. Bloody hell. Uh, I'm provisional here. Um, uh, in an interview with Variety, uh, this was much later, like with 2016, mm. Robert Cochran and Manny Cotto picked this as their favorite season four episode. So yeah, I saw that. can't blame them for that. Um, rankings, I don't know what you're going to do. This is actually... Surprising because uh, last week I, well, you weren't as happy with where I ranked mine, even though I ranked mine quite high last week. The, um, the what do you call it? The Air Force One gets shot down episode. Uh, I'm ranking this just one spot lower than that. Like, I love this wow. episode. This is number 17 for me overall. So you've still got the one from two weeks ago in your top 10, though. Yep. Far out. Far out, man. Um, 
Yeah, I had Air Force One Goes Down episode at number four overall. I've got this at number 12 overall. Um, so I had this just below uh, the big halfway point of season one um, and just above episode seven of season one, which was that, if I'm not mistaken, the Palmer nearly gets assassinated episode. I think that's the you think... Jack kills Nina episode. Oh, and the following week is episode eight must be the Jack uh, mm-hmm. nearly kills because that's two spots higher than this on my list. Um, yeah, no, this is a great episode. And I mean, looking where this ends up on my overall list, um, it cracks the top 30. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great memorable episode. I think it's like you think of the memorable season four episodes and you know, you definitely think of this one and you go like, oh, yeah, that random camping. Even when I said to you the other week when you hadn't watched it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. One. Uh, Next week, I guess Curtis is back. Uh, <laughs> I haven't watched it, just reading the write-up here. Uh, Can you read it or is it spoiler? Well, President Logan's advisors question his ability to lead the country in the time of crisis. Curtis brings in a suspect who may have information on Marwan. Before the man can talk, his lawyer mysteriously arrives, forcing Jack to take desperate measures. Look, I do not have any memory of this. Um, spoiler alert: This will be the last time I've been an episode of this season. Oh, uh, this, good. This is the really poor dialogue episode. Like, I just, it's just if even Kiefer doesn't pull off some of the dialogue in this episode. It just feels very just like off. But it is setting us on a path, like with this lawyer guy who, um, who is he? He's someone. Um. I'm trying to think, is it what's it's his... that one guy? I'm trying to think of the top of my head. It's um is it the guy from Californication I'm thinking of the top of my head or it's another guy? Um it's it's starting to set off a chain of events uh that will lead into a couple of weeks. To me, I think is the uh a best episode of the season. But um yeah, there's there it, at least it goes somewhere. But um mm. yes, yeah, spoiler alert, uh a pretty poor episode next week. It is. It's a, it's what's his face from um Californication. If it, do you ever watch Californication? Never. Um David Duchovny's like sidekick guy, the bold guy. Um I, I reckon you'd know him. He's like off other things. He's off um David David Evan Handler. Evan Handler, yeah. That's uh, so Dave Weiss's character. He looks familiar. He's off. Oh, I mean, I people know if you watch Californication, Sex in the City. I think he oh, was. That's um, what I know him from. I think he played um, the dark-haired one's the husband. Maybe I don't know. I don't fucking. Know. He's in the People vs OJ Simpson American Crime Story. Daddy, oh, he's Casper. Good timing. Oh boy, Casper, wrap well, it up for us. Why don't we? Why don't we end it as Casper starts lifting weights here? Uh, we are talking about Oscar stuff very soon. <laughs> Hi, Casper. Yeah, he's really lifting those weights. Oh, great. We got more kids coming down. Well, I thought for once we were going to get away with it. Hello. Um, all right. Well, we're going to have other stuff on the Oz Network. Lots of exciting stuff. We're it's talking. a winner. It is a winner. Yes. <laughs> um, my name is Colin, which is also a funny name. Uh, I don't have a closing line, so my name is Ben, and bye. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.